Good morning, everyone. I'm Monica. I thought I would be less nervous this time around, but then I saw the crowd. <clears throat> I joked this morning that uh, this is the first time I have stood at the front of the church and told the truth. For Christmas, I gave Reverend Ken a gift that made him laugh, and in exchange, he asked me to stand up here and tell my story. <laughs> It's just making me feel kind of queasy and weak-kneed. I'm not sure this is a fair trade. However, I said yes for the opportunity to thank you all for being the kind of beloved community that embraces a a spiritual leader in recovery, that prayerfully and financially supports events like the Recovery Expo, and that turns toward instead of away from suffering. My life depends on it. In order to understand what I've received from Wellsprings, It's necessary for you to know some things about my past, which is difficult to talk about without evoking sensationalism. So I just stick to the facts. Alcoholic parents, childhood sexual abuse, depression, anorexia, bulimia, drug abuse, alcoholism, pretty much chaos, misery, and despair. But then a miracle happened, full of mystery and grace. On February 6, 1996, I had my last drink. I started choosing life. I got help for all that ailed me. I practiced courage instead of being paralyzed by fear. I left the marriage. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, I got better. My life changed dramatically. Chaos, misery, and despair were replaced by gratitude, purpose, and hope. I've not been cured of alcoholism. However, I do believe that if I maintain my spiritual health one day at a time, that I won't have to drink again. And so that um, neither I nor those close to me will have to suffer from the devastating effects that active alcoholism leaves in its wake. For me, the biggest struggle is always how to avoid the greater than, less than seesaw. Uh, To stay in the middle, equidistant from pride and judgment at the top and shame and self-loathing at the bottom where I've spent most of my life. If I can stay in the middle, sometimes I can experience connection. After getting sober, I belonged to a church where I never felt encouraged or comfortable in sharing most of my past, including my alcoholism, even when the pastor there staged an intervention on my ex-husband. I felt supported and uh, comfortable in my recovery community. But at church, where I was going for growth and spiritual healing, uh, because I wasn't able to bring my whole self, I was feeling increasingly disconnected, and those feelings of less than intensified. Consequently, I was living two parallel lives the one with my recovery community where I felt supported and connected, a part of, and the one at church where I thought I was destined to always feel apart from. I left there after 10 years. Nobody called to inquire about my absence. Meanwhile, a perfect storm was brewing. I lost a year-long court battle and had to sell my home. My daughter left for college, and I was unprepared for how empty I would feel. My youngest son was hospitalized repeatedly with major depression and psychosis. 
untold deceits from childhood were bubbling up and spilling over. And inexplicably, I cut off ties with my recovery supports. After I moved here, I was filling out change of address cards and realized that I had not a single person to list as an emergency contact. My isolation was complete. Fear, misery, depression, self-pity had all returned full force, and I knew that I was going to drink again. I picked out a particularly dark and seedy bar near my house where I would begin the descent. But then another miracle happened, and more grace. In desperation, I phoned someone who was not attending Wellsprings, but was... uh, going to be manning a table at the Recovery Expo, September 28, 2013. She suggested I come and sit with her at the table so that I wouldn't have to be alone with my thoughts. That's where I met Reverend Ken, who was open about his recovery in his first sentence. And then he went on to talk about intriguing things that were happening at Wellsprings. And I came to a service the next day when we sang a Springsteen song. And Reverend Ken identified himself as a fellow Breaking Bad fan. (laughs) And then quoted Josh Ritter lyrics. I was hooked. When the message, hurt people, hurt people, was that I had a choice to either transform or transmit my pain, I was cautiously hopeful. And I returned week after week to find out more about how to do that. Attending Wellsprings 2.0 last winter was pivotal for me. As I listened, as others uh, courageously and honestly shared about their joys and their sorrows, their hopes and their fears, their uncertainties, their loves and their longings, it was so precious to me. I felt supported and safe, and I dared to do the same. One of our assignments was to write an obituary, our own obituary, and share it with somebody from the group. I read the last line of mine, which was, if it weren't for second chances, she would have died alone. And then I looked up into my partner's face. She looked at me, my dear partner, straight on and said that was beautiful I knew then that she had seen me intimately and that the period of healing had begun I didn't ever drink the darkness retreated he restored my footing gave me ways to feel useful showed me authentic connection and acceptance I don't know if I'm charged full However, I planted the seeds that I got in my Wellsprings welcome packet. And this summer, when I saw those beautiful, bountiful sunflowers reaching for the sky, I considered the possibility that the same light that was feeding them and that I see reflected through all of you might also be inside of me. I do know this. Despite my past, regardless of my future, he 
here at Wellsprings. I don't ever have to be apart from. Finally, I'm a part of. And for that, I'm grateful. Thank you.